You're listening to Kapow, the pop culture podcast. Comics, television, movies, and more. If it impacts fan culture, we have something to say about it. And now, your hosts, Jordan, Cliff, and Seth. It's the holiday season. My name's Jordan. Cliff Barnes. I'm Seth. Welcome to the brilliant and scary podcast. <laughs> Kapow. Or... That was a that was a review of one part of our podcast, oh, not yeah. at, not in total. Hey, we'll take it. I, that's the combo we were shooting for. <laughs> and that was not given to us by one of the, the Facebook fans you angered. No. <laughs> picked a oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they were Man. after you this week. Yeah, so if anyone listens, j- j- Seth's pretty much in charge of the social media. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So it directs all complaints his direction. Yeah. If he, if there's anything aggressively <laughs> regarding volume of popcorn consumption, mm-hmm. or 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 Tom Cruise's any kind alleged of, any kind of ultimatums, <laughs> <laughs> that's me. Okay, yeah. So that is all Seth. Just so we get the legal bumper yeah, so, show by the way. So whatever, and I don't care. Never. How's everybody doing this fine December? Oh, Christmas is rapidly approaching. It is. It's this is one of my this you know of course I love Christmas you know like who doesn't but I love this time of year because there's a billion movies so all the everybody's shoving out all the good movies so good stuff I'm excited you could make the mouse click a little bit louder it's, the batteries are dead <laughs> so how are you gonna click it I don't know. <laughs> Not working. Like if that's going to keep doing that, we need to change the batteries yeah. now. A few moments later, went from red to green. We're good to go. Holly jolly. Crisis averted. So yeah, we've got some some news. We've got some reviews. We've seen some new movies. We've watched a lot of TV. Uh, some fun stuff planned. So yeah. stay tuned. Hit us up with some. Let's let's find out a little bit more about each other here. Should we? Get to know each other? Mm, yeah. You down with KPP? Yeah, you know me. What the hell is wrong with you people? You know me. What's wrong with you? What is wrong with you? You know me. I hate so much about the things that you choose to be. You know me. You know me. Why are you the way that you are? Well, that seemed a lot longer than I remember. Yeah, I feel like I've only heard that once or twice, yeah. and now I had no idea how long it was. <laughs> All right, so this is the segment where we do some fun getting to know you questions. We pull out one of the fortune cookie sheets. Uh, we it's do, my turn this week. It's, yeah, we don't basically plan ahead. the fun part. The cookie you didn't <laughs> right. Oh, Why did you bake these stale. into whatever? Yeah. Why didn't you bake these into cookies? 
That would be awesome. That, if yeah. uh, that's one of the future questions, is like, what are you good at baking? <laughs> yeah, and my answer is not cookies. <laughs> so, did you randomly pick that, or did you pick it? I randomly randomly picked it. Okay, sure. Because <laughs> we we've been going oh, okay, counterclockwise. Gotcha. Okay, what is it? Uh, what sports have you played? Oh, so like elementary or high school or anything? Were you ever in an organized sport? Oh, Cliff. <clears throat> Yeah, played baseball in uh, junior high, and uh, junior high. Wow, that's like well, I mean, like rec league, rec league, not not for like school or whatever. Okay, but that age group. Um, Yeah, that was probably pretty much it. As far as uh, <laughs> I'm trying, I'm going through like sports <laughs> memories. Yeah, like the, the, I'll give you my highlights. Uh, well, I, I played basketball, baseball, and um, soccer. Uh, I'll give you a, a highlight from each one of those. Awesome. Okay, so um, let's see. Basketball, I was always, you know, not good enough to be the starting five, but the best of the crappies. <laughs> First one off the bench. So, yeah. So, I would, like, get to dress for, you know, the tie and everything, So you know, with the other guys. But I still, sometimes I had to go down and lead the JV guys or whatever. But I remember, like, playing and getting a snot kicked out of us. Because if I'm the best guy on the floor, we got a problem. (laughs) We got a major problem. We were just getting creamed. And I remember going out, thinking the game was over, going out of the water fountain, getting a big drink, coming back to the floor. It's four on five. <laughs> they, had, they hadn't even missed me. Wow. Great, great stuff. And then let's see. Uh, and did did Offenberger fit on your jersey, or were you one of those oh. kids where the letters had to go from, like, your left butt cheek to your right butt cheek? <laughs> we had, we've had numbers. Okay. <laughs> Straight up numbers. Um, <clears throat> numbers with the shorty shorts? Uh, I don't know about the shorty shorts. I don't remember having real, real short ones. Like 80, 1980s basketball those shorts. Tight satin shorts. <laughs> tube socks up to the knees. Oh, we had the tube socks with, with the green and gold rings around the top. Kurt Rambis sweatband. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Rex see. Baseball, I remember. Uh, play, played Bantam <clears throat> League all growing up. And uh, I remember another team not have enough players so they got to take some of our players well guess what I had to go to the other team but <clears throat> we had a really good pitcher who scared the heck out of everybody who threw the ball so fast and I got a hit off of him and and I was like that's right trade me to the other team <laughs> see what happens but the soccer one I remember being a kid and it's you know Saturday mornings it's it, soccer's always like in the cold rainy season yes. it seems like and I go there I'm sitting there and I and it's pouring down the rain, but they're going to play anyway. And I'm sit, sitting there in the car with my dad, and I get out. He's like, you know, he's the dad like, oh, you know, go play. You know, go to this. So I, I get out, and I go up to the coach in the pouring rain or whatever and talk to him or whatever. And he he's like, yada, come back. And I go back and get in the car. <laughs> and I'm just grinning ear to ear, and dad's like, what what did he say? When do you go in or whatever? I, he's like, he said I didn't have to play. <laughs> I, he's, he's like, what, what? What'd you say? I said, I don't want to play. <laughs> he's like, oh, he was not happy. I wasn't super sporty. Yeah, I, I wasn't either. I, I was always the bigger guy, so it was constant. 
uh, your boy play football, that whole thing through all high school. It's like, no, I'm, I have no <laughs> desire to play football. Yeah, Thank nobody you. Ever asked that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I played baseball from, you know, T-ball on up. I uh, played one year. Was it Bantam League, like the junior high mm-hmm. era? They had there was like a thing in the paper, like you know, anyone from any school can go play. So I was, oh, I'd like to play. You know, seventh or eighth grade, I wasn't playing for the school. Right. Like, oh, I'll just go join this league because I like playing baseball so much. Well, you get there, and it's all these teams have entered as teams. So there's the you know Beverly Legion team, mm-hmm. and there's the Marietta like, All Star Traveling Team, and the, and then there's my team. Who right. was all the kids who signed up individually? Yep. We were the bad news bears. Yeah, just Walter Matthau. Yeah, just thrown in. Crushed his beer can. And so it just, it wasn't fun. I didn't know anyone on the team. And it just, yeah, it left a bad taste in my mouth. That's my, that was the end of my sports Good, career. Uh, who ran that team? Did he have any city position? I don't believe so. <laughs> <laughs> he was coach, but no, no uh, elected yeah. position. City exterminator. But I had the same thing one time. The other team was short, and they sent me over there right field, and I there was one crush to me. I was like, I can't get it, I can't get it. And like the kids glared at me. Like, they thought I missed the ball. Right, I, was like, yeah. I, I was like, if you knew me a little better, you knew I had no chance of catching that ball. <laughs> There's a reason I was <laughs> traded over here. <laughs> yeah, I played basketball. I think we had fourth grade was the first year, so fourth, fifth, mm. and sixth, I played basketball. And again, I was the first I was the kid on the bench. I think every kid had to play a quarter, just right, in the rules. Yeah. So it was like third quarter, that's my time to shine. <laughs> I'm going in third quarter. But I remember the summer between sixth and seventh grade. I was outside playing in the driveway. I was like, get a crossover. Yeah. I was like, I had like hit puberty or something. And I, like, I got coordinated. Right. I was like, oh my, I can dribble a ball now. Like, I just, <laughs> So I was like, now when it doesn't matter. Wow. Uh, those are our sports highlights. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's keep her keep her going here. Let's hit some movies. Save Martha. I'm just a kid from Brooklyn. I'm Batman. Kneel before the sun! Under Ruth! Set it yourself, bitch. We're the guardians of the galaxy. So what's it gonna be, huh? Long, sullen silence? Or mean comment? Go on. You got me in a box here. (laughs) I'm gonna start us off. Because I kind of made some... Crazy statements on Facebook last night about it, but, and you may all have seen it by now, but I caught last night's sneak preview of the new animated movie everybody's been looking forward to, especially Cliff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Spider Man and the Spider Verse, Into the Spider Verse, I think it's called. Is there a colon in there? I don't remember. There better be. <laughs> anyway, I don't know what I was expecting, but I. Had some Christmas shopping to do at Columbus, and I timed it with this sneak preview a week early, and I got in there and saw it, and I had an amazing time. And unlike DC, it doesn't force you to have Amazon Prime to watch it early. True, true. It does. Yeah, it doesn't. They don't make you watch it. But I uh, make you watch. <laughs> only, anyway, only it exclusive was, members yeah. get to yeah. get uh, the uh, privilege to go see Aquaman. <laughs> Anyway, the gist of my review is it was awesome. I loved it. Loved it, loved it. I can't see it not being in my top five movies of the year. 
I, it's the best Spider-Man movie. That's right. Is, it, is that really saying a lot? <laughs> I expect no one. I mean, come on. Well, feel free to drop our favorite line. It is the best Marvel movie animated. <laughs> that used to be held by Voltron. Move over, Voltron. <laughs> uh, now, let's flash back to our top ten animated list we did not too long ago. That's true. Where Seth had a realization. Yeah. He you don't, don't, you don't, don't like, like animated movies. <laughs> right, yes. And so, like, yeah, I, I I really, I do remember thinking that, thinking, like, I don't go to the movies to see it, an animated movie that I'm excited about, except, you know, I, lo- I do love Toy Story, and I love Incredibles, but normally I don't get excited for something like that. So, yeah, you didn't go into this hyped like no. you did Infinity Wars or, no, you know. no. I did. I didn't. Was I did. I mean, I'd seen the trailer and I thought the animation looked cool. Uh, I feel like they have taken that step. Like we've been stuck. I feel like in animation for the last decade, mm-hmm. and I feel like that next step has been taken because they do some awesome things in this movie. Like it's all computer generated, right? This uh, whole movie. I don't know how. It's magic. It's movie magic. Well, I mean, it's it's got a funny. It's it's got a funny look to it because it looks CGI, but it looks flat. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't know because I as I should have hated it because I didn't they didn't have it right. Like I feel I'm pretty sure I watched it in 3D with no glasses. Oh my. Yeah. It was trailing animation. It was like multiples of every of everything around. I mean, some parts in the center or up front were perfectly clear, but things off to the side were Blurry and hmm. not colorful, and it was obviously not the way it was intended. And they screwed something up. They either were showing it in 3D with no glasses, or showing it in 2D with 3D lens on. No, nobody knows yeah. what they're doing anymore. And I still loved it. Is the is the point? Like I can't wait to see it again next week. Yeah, all it takes normally is like a crooked curtain or right. something, and Seth's like, "Oh, oh my gosh!" Oh yeah, <laughs> we were throwing popcorn at each other, <laughs> hooting and hollering, and laughing it up. I mean, I. Sent these guys message afterwards. I was like, "We've watched all the credits. We've watched the post credits, which is cute." It's like, and nobody has got up out of this theater. We are a family now. We live here. <laughs> I, I, I was like, I was saying, one girl finally got up and said, "Later, Spider Family," and we were like, "See you later." Like, I, I probably will see you again. <laughs> you know, it's was, it was just it was such a feel good movie, and, and like, you know, I, I want to say some of the. Uh, Art in it is kind of psychedelic feeling, and it might have been because I was watching. It yeah. <laughs> yeah, nobody but, else was going to get that. Like, oh, I immediately came home and was looking at the trailers. I was like, yes, it is. The trailers are not blurry at all. It's totally crisp, and so I don't know what I was watching, but I loved it. I I still loved it, and I can't wait to see it. Hopefully, correct. Um, I don't know what to say about. So, yeah, it. what what do you say to the skeptic? Because I was skeptical going in. Obviously, Spider Man is my favorite character. He yeah. was the recipient of our one job laurels we right. gave out last time. <laughs> yes. Um, a just you know animation. I'm not. I'm like you. I'm not. Right. You know, drawn to everything that's animated. Yes. And B, I don't love the multiple realities. Seventeen different Peter Parker versions that they've done in the comics to death, and it's a little bit silly. So. Yeah, you were. I was asking I, those, you. You, you said kinda, those were not problems for you. They were not. It was a very simple story. It was a simple story. There's a bad guy. There's yes. There's these multiple realities, but that's it. Don't. It's not overthought. 
it's like there's something you know crazy machine that does this boom that's it and it and but it just looks so good and it, they do comic booky things like a a t- page will turn or there'll be caption boxes um it's funny it's got so many people in it I didn't even know were in it. I, you know, just hadn't paid attention to that fact. And it, it just, it is so fun and beautiful. Like I just was totally wowed by it. And that's part of the reason why I'm drawn to animation, especially in the superhero movies, is because I mean I love all the superhero movies and they're great and it's cool to see them, you know, live action portrayed. And the special effects nowadays are, are so far advanced, it's not like when we were kids and you could spot it from a mile away and you just chose to ignore it. But there just are some things you can do in animation that come off better oh, yeah. than yeah. any other way. I definitely thought, I, like, you couldn't make this movie. Yeah. Live action. Like, what you see in this movie, there, there's a reason. They, they definitely decided, you know, if we're making an animated movie... This can only be done animated, you know, and it, it's just, it's just awesome. I thought it was awesome. A simple story, and but it was a punch in the gut to think that Stan Lee just died, and this is a, this is a very anybody could be Spider Man movie, you know. It just gave you that feeling like if if I had a Spider Man mask, I would wear it the next time I saw it. Like you, it makes you want to go in and just everybody have a Spider Man mask on. It just like it just is that feeling you want oh, that, I can get that reading any random issue of Spider-Man you know, Aunt May can say something yeah. vaguely inspirational and I'm like you tell him right. let's change the world Aunt May I think I predict this I mean I was pretty hyped up last night I know I made some, <laughs> some declarative <laughs> statements you, yeah, I, did, yeah. I said one thing I said is better than Infinity War and why I'll stand for me it was like Infinity War a t- it's, you can't even compare these things really Totally different things, but and it's also half a movie, right? We don't know. And that's the problem yeah. with that is I didn't leave Infinity War the feeling like I left this. That's the only reason I say that. Um, and two, I said this will be Jordan's favorite movie of the year, so I can't wait to see what he thinks well, of. I'll have to let you know on that. It's just so. By the time it's over, you're just gonna, you're going to be very happy. I think. Well, who is who's your pick to click? Who? What issue should Ooh. I go find? That's going to skyrocket in value oh. because of the character is going to be a big breakout character. I will tell. I will say. I don't. Well, you know, there's a Spider Gwen in there. You know, but they're good. Spider Sam. I need to track down the first <laughs> no, Spider. And you know, I was kind of like uh, I said something to Nick about this movie. And he's like, I don't know about the Spider Ham. He's like, <laughs> I was like, but it's not. It's a, such a small part. Nobody has too big of a part. Miles Morales is the star, and. And uh, Jake Johnson, you know, um, but and but everybody else just plays very small roles. It's just such so feel good. But I, I um, what was I gonna say the yeah, like the Spider Ham was just small enough. It was funny. You know, and I would they're gonna this is gonna be big. First off, I, I think people are looking forward to, it but don't know as soon as people realize how good this is, they they are. I don't know what they're going to do. There's so many movies that come out this month. They're not going to be able to keep it in theaters as long as they should. The people are going to love this movie. And there are going to be more of this. I guarantee it. There's going to be a spinoff for everybody in this movie. Well, I don't approve of that. <laughs> I wish they'd just keep them together and do another movie or find a way or something. But there will be. Like, it's going to be big. Okay, I can talk about it all night, but I probably 
It, it's, you guys are going to like it. You're, I, we'll talk about more when you see it. It's funny because the way he's acting is how I feel every time a Disney movie comes out. <laughs> yeah. I'm so excited after I see it. It's going to be huge. Like, like, I was just like, I saw, like, I, we we're talking a second, you saw Wreck It Ralph. Yeah. Like, I was thinking, should I watch that or should I watch Wreck It Ralph? I don't even want to see Wreck It Ralph now. I was like, there's no way it can live up to this. So, Cliff, mm. convince him to see Wreck-It yes. Ralph. What Tell did me you, what's what great you think about of it. Yes. Ralph Breaks the Internet? Yes, Ralph Broke the Internet. Um, no, I just had some quick... It, again, Disney movie, loved it. Um, it's a Disney... It's not a Pixar film. People get those confused now a lot because of the two studios looking... The art style looking so similar. This is a D- Disney Studios film. Um so thinking along the lines of Cinderella and Bambi and all those, that's where this falls. But uh, being a sequel, they're usually not as good. Um, but I liked the direction it went. We picked up where we left where we left off. It's like six years later. Ralph and Vanellope are still best friends, hanging out at the arcade, um, watching the sunset or the sun come up through their game every day. And, but in very much in a routine they're best friends they basically they do the same thing every day they go to tappers at night you know drink the root beer that type of thing ralph is loving life it's all he ever wanted he's got his best friend he's you know found his place in, in his game um and accepted who he is he, he's just you know content as can be and the story falls where vanellope is becoming the exact opposite She's done everything there is to do in her game. Much like when we play a video game. After a while, you've done everything. You know every trick. You know all the routines. Um, blow up all your horses. Right. You blow up all your horses. There's no more new horses to get. You've gotten all your horses. <laughs> and yes, you see the horse I have now. Awesome. <laughs> and, but, so she's, she's found to the point where she is um, bored. She's just bored. She's tired of doing the same thing. She's tired of the same game. She wants more excitement. She wants the unknown in her life. So that's what this whole film's about. It's it's very much, um, number one, about friendship. And what happens, because <clears throat> there's some, well, we'll talk about it in a minute, but it's how friendships develop and can, you know, two people in a friendship can go down different paths. And what happens then? Do are, are we not friends? Do we remain friends? Do we grow in our friendship and and have a different type of friendship? It's that story, which we've all you know, kids experience growing and up. Friends lead podcasts, right? Go strike out on their own. That's exactly. <laughs> um, so that's you know that's a main component. That's what's driving friendship, driving this movie. On the way, um, it finds. They find themselves, they have to go to the internet to buy a new game part for Vanellope's game. To save her game before, so it doesn't get unplugged. So, of course, you know... This reminded me of the Chappelle Show bit where Dave <laughs> goes into the internet as if the internet was yeah. like a shopping mall. Right. So I, I assumed it was that, but in animation. Yeah, so you're getting, um, you know, just like you see in the preview, you see Twitter and eBay and Google, and they're all depicted, you know, as um, buildings and offices, that type of thing, places you go. And then you have all your users. They have little cute little um, characters, you know, and, and you see real people when they hop online, and then you see them, like, go to um, eBay, 
and they're shopping. And, you know, they have a search bar and that type of there There's a search engine and they're going through that, what they're looking for, that type of thing. Um, it has a neat... This movie very much is where Wreck-It Ralph, the kids were younger. This is the next step. As the kids have grown, they can grow with this movie. And I saw a lot of parents online complaining and their, their big thing with the movie, they said, number one, it's too dark. Um, it's too, it has too many adult themes in it. And, um, because one of the games they visit is called Slaughter Race. It's like Grand Theft Auto. And of course, Penelope immediately loves it. Kids have never seen a violent video game. <clears throat> right, right, exactly. <laughs> Not Carly. But, but parents are complaining, you know, oh, I took my five year old to, to see this and it was too scary or was, you know, the, how can they, have a video game named Slaughter Race in in this Disney movie, that type of thing. But I really think the movie is for the kids that... Blood drive! <laughs> I think it's for the kids that were, you know, five when Wreck-It Ralph came out, mm-hmm. and now, you know, they're older, and we've we've done video games, and we're starting to move on into the internet. And so does, does it say anything about the internet and yeah. how kids... Because, you know, every kid's going to grow up connected now. Right. Does it, does it give you any... You know, I'm sure it's not careful the, out there, kids. But well, it. Is, I mean, it is. It, it does have that under the, the internet. Everything on the internet is behind a facade, like that. Yeah, kind of it's thing. not. Not everything is how it appears to be on the. That's internet. a good message. It's a very for good message. Generation. Yeah, and for that, it's not like you know, kiss random princesses in the 40s, just stuff <laughs> on sleeping women and give them right. a kiss. The kids in the 40s needed to know that. Kids today. <laughs> Don't click on that pop up. <laughs> There's got to be a middle in there. <laughs> um, but yeah, I really like the message of it. Um, it's who's got the ba- a. Who's the bad guy? Who's the bad guy? <clears throat> well, there's no bad guy. There, there's no defined like evil dude in it. It's just a. It's a lesson about. There, that's what I want. There's a there's a scary blob <laughs> guy where he Ralph actually goes and he gets a virus. Oh, okay, and he deploys a virus on on the internet, and it you know very quickly breaks the internet. He it takes over everywhere, and and in the shape of Ralph, <laughs> it's called an insecurity virus. Truth and it copies, advertising. Yeah, that does, does sound like a lesson. <laughs> yep, sounds like a lesson. But uh, we we also get this is the first time we get um, all the living voices of the Disney princesses actually came back to voice the uh, Vanellope runs that into was the, the biggest hype yeah. for this movie you know, months ago right yeah, yeah right so we run into the Disney princesses Vanellope immediately has influenced them they change their clothes they've got cool up to date movie here Come well on. I'm not spoiling the whole movie <laughs> <laughs> but um, the Disney princesses aren't even in this movie aren't just princesses like we're talking about they they have a moment where they can they kind of you know seize the day and the moment and and become more than that uh so to speak um but that was really the big thing was just the lessons on friendship and be careful with the internet um to kids and it's a it's a sweet message. I really like the stuff between Ralph and Vanellope and how they have to grow, you know. And it's very real life. Anybody that's had you know childhood friends, and you, as you get older, and you you find you know another group of friends, they or, trade you to another baseball team. Exactly. You find yourself in right field all by yourself. The balls <laughs> hit at you. What path do you take? 
If I catch it, my new friends are 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 going to love me, but my old friends are going to hate me. I don't know what to do. I'll just miss it. So you run, so you run into Seth's car. Right. <laughs> just hide. Coach says I didn't have to play. Right. But yeah, cool. so that was my Disney. You know, we did skip. So it's a worthy addition to the Disney film. Yeah, canon. yeah, I thought it was great. Um, took all my kids, took the teenager, took the preteen to it. Um, both of them were very happy with it, and we made it a point. Now, when when these movies come out, because my son was like him and his girlfriend, uh, they're seniors in high school, and I was like, "Hey, you guys want to go watch this?" And they're like, "Yeah, we were going to watch it the other night, but we thought nah, we better wait for the whole family to go because everybody wants to watch it." So that was that was nice. Was there anything they took from the first movie? that people liked and then like oh let's double down on this you know like the aliens from toy story or was there some breakout character that they kind of i mean not back not so much um really i mean we see Fe- fix it felix and um i can't think of the the big tall blonde ladies from uh the first movie i can't think of her name <clears throat> but um you know she returns we've we've got the other drivers from sugar rush in the in the film um but no big time players are other than ralph and vanellope we get some new characters from uh slaughter slaughter race and um the pop-up ad um i think his name is something spamly uh bill Hader. so i mean excellent movie hope i didn't spoil it too much i might still go see it we had a couple trailers this week big trailers Big time. This thing on. Hey, Miss Buns. If you find this recording, don't feel bad about this. Part of the journey is the end. Just for the record, being adrift in space with zero promise of rescue is more fun than it sounds. Food and water ran out. Four days ago, oxygen will run out tomorrow morning. That'll be it. When I drift off, I will dream about you. It's always you. did exactly what he said he was going to do. He wiped out 50% of all living creatures. We lost. All of us. We lost friends. We lost family. We lost a part of ourselves. This is the fight of our lives. This is going to work, Steve. I know it is. Because I don't know what I'm going to do if it doesn't. This is Scott Lang. 
We met a few years ago at the airport in Germany. Got dropped really big. Is this an old message? Ant-Man. Ant-Man. I know you know. I know you know that. That's the front door. That's me. Can you buzz me in? So uh, let's just start with the biggest one yet. Avengers, and we finally know the subtitle is. What's everybody think of Endgame? I my immediate thought was, wow, crap! There's no comic book called Endgame that I can now sell. <laughs> 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 Whereas, like, you know, Age of Ultron had nothing to do with Age of Ultron. Yeah, but yeah, you know, there was still a comic called Age of Ultron. There's right. Civil War or any of these Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah. You know, these yeah. are all easily marketed trade paperbacks. Yeah, yeah. people guessed this originally. And uh, the Roosters were like, they were like, is it, you know, they're like, it's nothing that was said in uh, Infinity War, which it blatantly was said in Infinity War. I thought they War. said it was something. No. Oh, I thought they, they said, said it wasn't. They they yeah. told people, no, it wasn't said. Hmm. And it was, you know, Doctor Strange said it. Or it, anyway, point is, they, they're done lying, I hope. <laughs> is it? <laughs> Anyway, the well, I had the immediate thought that you guys had too today was in game. I immediately thought of you know Veronica and Archie. We are in game. <laughs> like, everything goes to Riverdale now. Like, I was like, oh come on, Riverdale already did that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they uh, a good trailer. I mean, it was obviously footage from the first. It's got to be early in the movie. Everybody just reacting to uh, i have no idea how much time's supposed to have passed i assume some time has passed and you know we're dealing with who's gone and you see tony out in space mm-hmm. looks like in the guardians of the galaxy ship the milano yeah that was a pretty shot mm-hmm. yeah. across the cosmos yeah so what do you think happens there i mean just speculating i've seen a lot of people already are like well obviously captain marvel runs into tony and saves him I mean, I have no idea. It could be anything. There's going to be something like that. Who knows? I don't know. I, uh... Yeah, I'm glad this, you know, there's, I have no idea of the plot from this trailer. So many trailers give away. (laughs) I would say, uh... Hey, a guy shows up in the Avengers Mansion with quantum entanglement device. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know what order it happens or right, who yeah. runs into who and True. who goes on what mission, right. that sort of thing. So, yeah, it was vague enough. Yeah. I mean, as I said, there's a lot of early footage, it looks like, from the movie. I don't know. I'm super excited. I mean, it sets this is This is a super highly anticipated movie, of course, for us. I can't yeah. And this is the only footage I need to see. Like, if I didn't see another yeah. trailer until mm-hmm. April, I would be yeah, fine. I, I'm if, to- it, yeah. if it was only that yeah. way. I don't but, feel like yeah. this spoiled anything. You're right. and I, But I don't. It's like I don't almost don't want to see anything else. Until it comes out, and it's got, that's not going to happen. Nope. Um, Speaking of Captain Marvel. Yeah, we had the Captain Marvel yeah. show. What did you guys think of that? Watch some Monday Night Football. <laughs> Waited till halftime. Got that trailer. <laughs> I, again, it, 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 it gave away a little more, but not the whole ball game. Yeah. I liked all the choices they made with like her costume and stuff and the mohawk and the yeah. you know the different color costumes and things. Yeah, it's, it's weird they can work in like six different eras yeah. of the Captain Marvel, yeah, Ms. Marvel, whatever. That's cool. And I didn't, I, I never thought about it until you made the reference about oh hey look they made a good Green Lantern movie and then I was like, I was like what's he mean? And then I watched it again I was like 
Oh yeah, <laughs> it's a bear. that trailer felt like yeah. Green Lantern. Her character Fire is pilot. such a yeah. is so how Jordan anyway. And I can sell a lot of Cree Scroll War trade oh. paperbacks <laughs> or Captain Marvel Volume One trade paperbacks. Yeah, yeah, I. Uh, I think it's much more good. streamlined operation. Mm-hmm. But are we again? Are, we, are are they? Do you guys think they're too close together? Like, I feel like we're just getting hit with a lot all at once. When does Captain Marvel March, come out? March. March. So it's it's a month. month so that's kind of like how half, Black yeah. Panther was with right. Avengers. When, and yeah, those felt too close together. Yeah. So. yeah. I think we probably have a month and a half between these. Whatever. I'll, it doesn't bother me any. I'll be, <laughs> as soon as I see Captain Marvel, I'll be chomping at the bit for Avengers anyway. So I won't want to wait too long. Yeah, I'm, I'm psyched for it. I think this is going to do everything Wonder Woman did mm-hmm. on that side with all the Marvel magic that people already love. Yeah. I, I think it's going to be huge. Yeah. yeah, I can't wait for... I love the scrolls. I'm wait. You know, I, I've always assumed at some point they're going to do some sort of secret invasion thing. You know, I... I oh, there's so many trade paperbacks of secret oh, invasion. Oh, man, are there? Yes. <laughs> Can't wait to count, count the money now until Jennifer Garner turns into a scrawl. <laughs> but yeah, this is a totally new kind of villain we haven't seen before. And people, you know, I'm sure people, the run of the mill person doesn't know what couldn't tell a scroll from a from yeah. a Cree, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what idiots. <laughs> anyway, yeah. It all looks good. Looks good. So what else you got, movies? Uh, looking at you. Mm-hmm. That's it for me. Know. You watched movies? You I watched them <laughs> via streaming. Oh, okay. Well, let me see if I watched any movies. I said I watched, I told you, I watched Heat, rewatched Heat, Michael Mann. Oh. Chino and De Niro. I watched it because I watched Widows and it was and it was very much like that. And I, my favorite thing I remembered about that is like, Nick, we're watching Heat. He said I had bought it, a real good, you know, copy of it some director's cut thing and had never watched it watched it showed my son i was like one thing i know even if it doesn't hold up at least this movie i remember nobody ever says goodbye when they talk on the phone they just hang up the phone just in the <laughs> middle of conversations and it does there's like there's a million phone calls in that movie and they just say click click yeah, I don't. I don't normally watch a lot of this time of year. I, I get into that Christmas mode, and you know when when AMC or Freeform or whoever's got any Christmas movie on, we kind of dial in there. How many times have you watched Christmas Vacations? Only twice. Oh, only twice. And I watched. I started. I turned on uh, before I went to work today. White Christmas was on, and I turned that on, and the kids were like, "What in the world?" They, one immediately got up, and I was like, "Fine." We'll find something else to watch. So we watch. <laughs> I figured there's just Christmas movies around the clock. Well, I mean, you know, I got her back in the room. I said, well, when we watched um, a year without a Santa Claus, so that was approved. All right, then let's uh, let's do a one job. We haven't. We need. We need to do a one job. We were trying to think of somebody, and I was like, let's just go ahead and go for the biggest and bestest and brightest. We're going to do some. Let's let's play it. Let's play it. One job forever? Look, I have one job on this lousy ship. It's stupid, but I'm going to do it, okay? 
you tossers. You had one job to do. Guys, Ooh. what? What were you going to say? Oh, this is going to be a biggie. Yeah. We're going to do uh, Kurt Russell. Should be on currency. I, Kurt feel, Russell. I feel like I should be more prepared for this. Well, yeah, this was just, I'm hoping to catch you off guard. Catch you on your heels. Yeah, this was just... See if uh, I can get some tango cash in there. Just this was just kind of a left field pick. Um, which we've... Ta- again, we we made that reference to Kurt Russell on the $5 bill. I swear it was like the third episode. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. I've been a fan for a long time. I love a lot of his movies. Ironically and unironically. So. Yeah. I'll start going through some titles here. He's been in a bazillion <coughs> movies. You gotta go back, way back into those Disney days. Okay, let's the go all the way back then. Computer tennis mm-hmm. shoes. <laughs> Is that a thing? Yeah, that's a good one. What? The world's uh, strongest man. He's in Follow Me Boys. He was in Follow Me Boys. Follow Me Boys, Disney yeah. legend. Yeah. Fred McMurray. You don't know that one? I do not know that's that a, one. Well, I, I was a Boy Scout leader for a while, so it's it's a very... Yeah, Walt, Walt heavily himself Friends. promoted Follow Me Boys. I'm sorry to have to welcome you to this invitational showing of Follow Me Boys in this way. I'd give anything to be there with you. But this seems to be one of those times I'm tied down here at the studio night and day. Of course, it's always this way when we're shooting a picture. And it so happens we're in the middle of shooting one right now. Yeah, strongest man in the world, you're right. Um mm-hmm. The Thing. I've never seen The Thing. I'm, I feel Ooh. bad. So that's on my list of classic movies I've never seen. Uh, Best of Times with Robin Williams. Um, Unlawful Entry. Remember that one? Um, Captain Ron. Oh, that's a great movie. That's <laughs> one of my family's favorites, Captain Ron. <laughs> uh, that's a cool... Martin... Sh- oh, Martin Short. That's a, that's Write a, it down. Oh, Don't my gosh. Terry Gar. Are you kidding me? I'm not saying anything. <laughs> uh, Dark Blue, Tequila Sunrise, 3,000 Miles to Graceland, Soldier, Executive Decision, remember that on the airplane? Miracle. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Overboard. I hate, I hate Overboard. Uh, it's just, it was never... It, I, it's just, it just annoyed me. That yeah. movie annoys me. Tango and Cash, like I said. Escape from L.A., Escape from New yep. York. Yep. Um, death, <coughs> death proof. Oh yeah, I know the Tarantino that, movie. Yeah, I I I love that movie. Stuntman, I love it. I love it. Stuntman Bob, is that his name? Mike. Stuntman Mike. His brother was Stuntman Bob. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Vanilla Sky, Bone Tomahawk is great. Deepwater Horizon, Sky High, Cliff. Yeah, that's a good one. Fox and the Hound. Yep, it was uh the voice of uh, Copper, I do believe. Uh, I believe you're right. Is that the fox or is that the hound? Copper was the uh, the fox. I'm okay. a fox. I'm a hound dog. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Yes, sir. Of course. Oh, of course. Won't solve anything, Dave. Too many people around here been dropping like flies already, and where's that getting us, huh? Nowhere. Fast. Ah, you know what old Jack Burton always says at a time like this? Who? Jack Burton. Me. Old Jack always says, what the hell? Fast and the Furious movies. What? He was in Furious 7 and the 
Fate of the Furious. Are you serious? I feel like that was probably a cameo or like a surprise. Yeah, he's got a small role. Yeah. Um, Forrest Gump, he's in there. Uh, Hateful Eight, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. I'm going to have to start, stop writing because I'm getting too I many. Know. There's a lot. That's why he should be. We should be spending him. <laughs> at the store how many Kurt Russell's is this going to cost what's yeah. he haven't done <laughs> oh my gosh give me a crisp Kurt Russell <laughs> <laughs> well yeah there's so much so many good things I didn't name what will probably be my pick I just went through my top 100 movies to which will be coming out in 2019. A little little sneak preview for you. In 20, 2019, I'm going to count down my top 100 movies. But uh, I just went to that list and looked, picked my highest rated Kurt Russell movie. That's too mathematic. You gotta have. Mm-hmm. You gotta have. I passion. I'm not saying it's passion because I. That doesn't strictly mean I have to pick that yeah, because yeah. that's the movie. It's not his role that. That you know, he might have a, something I think he specifically did better. I just I, like him. Like yeah. anytime he's on a talk show, anytime he he's interacting with people, you know, he's had one of those Hollywood marriages that's lasted forty years. Mm-hmm. He, just, he just seems like you know he's a, flying planes and I'm, he's a you know two pack a day smoker. He just seems yeah. like a you know one of those old timey man's man. Yeah. But he's also a Disney kid. <laughs> like right? He's had a weird career yeah. and he's just he's just cool. Well, what got, what one stand out to you? Not that smoking is cool, kids. Smoking, oh gosh, allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, don't do it. Yeah, I love him in Death Proof. Great. He just does a great great job in that, and uh, also Hateful Eight. I just I like that that type of Kurt Russell where he's just like rough and rah, 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 smashing <laughs> priceless guitars and. Well, you know. I'm sure I'm. One of I know I'm one of many that always loved Big Big Trouble in Little China. Whenever that movie was on, I loved just that movie in general. But he was great in it. I mean, Jack Burton. He, I mean, he was such a definitive character of the '80s that any time that thing was on, you were, you knew you were going to stop and watch it. We really shook the pillars of heaven, didn't we? <laughs> now, it, the stuff he did with John Carpenter is the highlight of his career, probably. Oh, Although it may up. not be my pick. But you know any of the John Carpenter movies? Uh, so one, didn't you see this in the theater? Or, or I don't know whether you ever actually made it. Did you see Stargate? <laughs> I was gonna bring Years that up. Later, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he was also in Backdraft. Yep. Famously, Black Dog was like the trucker movie. Oh, true. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I saw that on a date too. <laughs> I have a weird oh. thing with taking girls to Kurt Russell. Man, yeah, what's up? <laughs> We're trying to, yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I'm just looking at this list. Well, well he's a part of the Marvel universe. True. And one of the best villains they've ever done. Yeah. Yeah. But I can't say that's the definitive right, that's for me. It. Though Cliff's the biggest Guardians fan of us, but mm-hmm. I don't know that even that would be his. I big. love Guardians too. But, uh, I mean, he and he was great. I mean, in yeah, that movie, I loved good. him in that movie. But I, I don't think it's a. I mean, he was the villain of the movie, but I'm not sure that's. The big starring role I want to remember him right. by. So the John Carpenter movies, The <clears throat> Thing, Big Trouble in Little China, and Escape from New York or Escape from L.A. Any of those are 80s iconic to the max. The Thing, he's in, in the Arctic. There's an alien shape-shifting being on the loose. A scroll. A scroll. 
<laughs> and it is just Kurt Russell on a giant beard and a flamethrower, yeah. just just taking care of business. Well, uh, I well, definitely agree with Cliff. I didn't see Big Trouble Top. I was probably in college. Oh wow! And so I, it was just one of those ones that was off my radar. And then my college roommate really loved it. I was like, well, why has this not been in my life? Yeah, <laughs> I love that movie. It is. It's weird and it's goofy, but you watch it the first time, we're like, well, that's pretty good, you know, cheesy 80s action <laughs> movie. And you watch it again and you realize Kurt Russell ha- plays no part in what happens. Right. He is the big, strapping, white American hero, and he has no clue what's happening. He's like, well, what, wait, what was that? And they, he's always a step behind. He's always getting in, you know, he's falling over or getting hit in the head and knocked out. <laughs> and then, like, the heroes are the Asian characters who are, you know, uh, uh, I can't remember the guy's name. Uh, James Hong is the villain, you know, the big mm-hmm. uh, the sorcerer kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so it's it's taking place in Chinatown, and it's their story. And Jack Burton just swaggers in <laughs> like he thinks he's John Wayne, and he's not. <laughs> he is just he doesn't help anything the whole movie. But he has such charisma, and every line he says is really quotable in that. Well, but also Snake Plissken, yeah. again, you can't argue that. Yeah. You know, swaggering in with the, the eye patch. and <laughs> Escape from L.A. is not a good movie, but no. it's fun. Escape from New York, classic. I, uh, <clears throat> the one that I, that I haven't said, so one, one of my top 100 is Tombstone. Yep. That's the one that sticks out to me. I just love him as Wyatt Earp. He had so many classic lines. You know, you used one last week, <laughs> you know, you know standard bleed uh, just you better skin that smoke wagon yeah exactly <laughs> I love it I love all those lines you know you tell them we're coming and hell's coming with me it's like that's that is Kurt Russell just cut the stash and everything I just very fitting it that that's gonna be my pick I, I have to go with Tombstone that it's is, just like I love that movie and I love him in it that's the first one I wrote down it is it has the fun and quotability of those cheesy 80s movies, but it's a little more serious. I mean, it's not a realistic Western. Right, like I said, yeah. it's very over the top, and the lines are not realistic by any stretch. But, yeah, yeah him, he just commands. And there's a lot of great actors. This Val Kilmer's oh. one job, I, probably, yeah. I would say. It's Sam Elliott and uh, so many great actors in yeah. that thing. And he just you know commands the whole screen. So that that's my pick, too. Yeah, this so is Cliff. There's this is the way you like it. Mm-hmm. We've set the table, Captain Ron. You can Captain pick Ron. Captain Ron, and we it doesn't go in the book, but you go on yeah. record saying <laughs> no. They're real. I mean, I'm looking at these, and there are so many of these I really do love. Um, that he he. Really, Although, if you say Big Trouble, I might switch over. Yeah, like I could yeah, pick that would either be exciting. Of it, that would yeah, be exciting. <laughs> yeah it, it's almost a real toss up for me. I mean, I I. You know, I do love some of those classic Disney movies. Um, <laughs> You're screwed. The Strongest Man in the World. That's a great movie. I love that stuff. Never uh, but uh, and and what was the name of the movie he did with Robin Williams where they were the best of times? The best of times where yeah, they went bad. back and as, got their high football, school football yeah. teams back together. I remember watching that one a lot too. Um, and and you know that was a he was really Don't good. Forget this good Christmas. Movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, boy, it, I do love Captain Moran. Uh, <laughs> I hope you pick it. Um, but yeah, it's it's Big Trouble and, and Tombstone are, are right there together. 
Um, and I, if if they were both on TV, yeah, I would watch Big Trouble probably. I it's one of my it's in my mm-hmm. top ten for sure. <laughs> I've watched it a hundred times. <laughs> but I think Tombstone's maybe a better acting performance. Yeah. And a more mainstream, more people would know Tombstone than not that that's the yeah the criteria. Say, that's not but, our criteria. Oh God. As much as I want you to pick Tombstone, that's yeah. not how we pick. Oh, I remember when uh, when Tombstone Tombstone came out. I was in high school, and uh, it came out. On, I remember we had it on VHS. Man, we we watched that thing a lot because if you remember, it came out um, before the. Kevin Costner, Wyatt Earp came out. Yeah, they were very close. It was, and, it was early '90s, which that's a good movie too. I like that movie. It, but all the hype was behind the because Kevin Costner was so big at that point. Yeah, and all the hype was building towards that movie, and then Tombstone hit and was just this enormous hit, and everybody loved. It. I mean, Val Kilmer was great in Sam Elliott and uh, um, uh, Bill. Uh, um, yeah, it's not. It's not Bill Pullman. It's the other Paxton. one. Paxton. Yeah. yeah. Bob Thornton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Billy I, Bob, totally, yeah. I totally agree. Yeah, it stole Wyatt Earp's thunder. Charlton Heston has like a five yeah. minute cameo. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great movie. But, so, uh, yeah. Um, gosh. Forgive me, Catamaran. <laughs> <laughs> Get that. Pull that quote. Yeah. yeah. We're gonna need that drop because I, I I do love your movie, Captain Ron. <laughs> oh, for now. Um, but yeah, I think I think it has to be Tombstone. All right, so, so I'm gonna switch to Big Trouble. Oh, oh God! Nice. <laughs> yeah, he switches. <laughs> Cliff and I though th- put him because I'm gonna pick Val Kilmer for Tombstone, uh-huh. and I'll stick with Big Trouble. Whatever, as long as we keep Tombstone intact. <laughs> thing is you're gonna screw it up and put charlton heston in <laughs> uh but uh so forgive us captain ron <laughs> that's an episode title right there <laughs> right uh in the kapow history the only thing that kurt russell ever did other than be on the something dollar bill is pull that smoke wagon <laughs> tombstone Wyatt Earp is his role. I love it. That's a good one. All right, Clanton. You called down the thunder. Well, now you got it. You see that? It says United States Marshal. Wyatt, please don't kill me. Please. Take a good look at him, Mike. Because that's how you're going to end up. The cowboys are finished. You understand me? I see a red sash, I kill a man wearing it. So run, you curs. Uh, run! Tell all the other curs the lie's coming. You tell them I'm coming, and hell's coming with me, you hear? Hell's coming with me! So, let's keep that Kurt Russell train moving right into Yeah, some... we wanted to do something Christmassy this episode, so yeah. the most Christmassy thing we could think of was Kurt Russell. There's something very important I forgot to tell you. What? Don't cross the streams. Violence in the streams. That is what we are. Cross the streams. So did you watch the Christmas Kurt Russell? The Christmas Kurt That's Russell? That's the name of it, right? Christmas Chronicles. Oh. With starring Kurt Russell. Okay. I did. I watched it on uh, Netflix, and I really enjoyed I'm glad it. somebody did. <coughs> Highly enjoyed it. It's, it's that good? There's no way. Look, 
I'll watch anything. We just lauded Kurt Russell for 20 minutes. I just, like, nah, I, just, I just admitted trying to force my kids to watch White Christmas today. Um, if we'll, And trust me, we do every Christmas. We will sit down. We'll watch Christmas with the Cranks. We'll watch Jingle All the Way, which is a horrible movie. Um, What's the doll in that? Turbo Man. Turbo Man. That was an answer to uh, my wife's at my wife's Christmas oh, party last gosh. night. That was one of the first trivia questions. <laughs> what was the doll when Jingle All the Way? And I'm like, Turbo Man. And you see everybody's face just go like blank. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there like, Turbo Man? Nobody's going to get up. Okay, I'll get up. Tur- Turbo Man. <clears throat> so, yeah. I mean, if I'm going to watch all those schlocky Christmas movies, this is, are. this is right. Which I am. <laughs> Um, this is right in there with it. Yeah. Well, the plot seemed very familiar. Like, uh-oh, there might not be a Christmas this year. We have to help Santa. Man, it's- I feel like that happens every year. <laughs> so, a familiar plot, but taken... Yeah. Was there something unique about it? Yeah, it's Kurt Russell. Well- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What else do you need? It's Kurt Russell's Santa Claus. Um, no, I, you know, it, it's a pretty classic story that kids hide away in Santa's sleigh trying to catch him. and. Uh. And uh, go on. I tried to catch Santa one night when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Catch him. I wasn't going to like put him in a bag. Of, did you, you know, like set up a video camera like they did? And no. Try and- I don't even know if we had video cameras uh-huh. when, I was, when I was trying to. I remember we had like a white pleather recliner in the living room. This has got to be like late 70s. You know, I couldn't have been very old at all. But I had woke up the, like late. It was... You know, I got up, went in the living room, no presents or anything. I'm like, all right, I woke up early enough that there's no presents. And I sat in that chair, and I woke up in that chair with presents everywhere. <laughs> Maybe we could get a shot of Santa Claus. You really have no clue, do you? Nobody's ever seen Santa Claus. Tell me you're getting this. Christmas ninjas. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Do you realize how big of a deal this is? We need to get a closer look. Are you crazy? Duck! Can he see us? I don't think so. Hot Cupid! Hot Comet! Ah! Hold on to something! Santa Claus? Live and in person. One night only. Can you go ho, ho, ho? I don't go ho, ho, ho. That's a myth. Christmas spirit's down 35%. Half the planet's not going to get toys. So a few brats don't get presents, it's not the end of the world. People need Christmas to remind themselves of how good they Anyway, was I the only one that watched it? Yes. I, I'll i probably cave when I get closer to Christmas yeah. and mm-hmm. start feeling the, the holly jolly cheer and stuff. I might, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty basic. They try uh, This little girl tries to catch um, Santa on videotape. And uh, her brother is, who is, you know, not necessarily the nicest kid, <clears throat> gets uh, kind of roped into it. He kind of feels bad throughout the... He, he catches himself, like, almost ruining the experience for her. But, you know, he catches himself. He's got a, he's a good enough person to not ruin that out of anger. And um, anyways, yeah, they catch... They, you know, they find Santa and end up in his in his sleigh and and have to uh, hijinks and sue because the title of the episode is going to be sorry, Captain Rock. <laughs> <laughs> it just dawned on me. I'm, I'm trying. If, if Santa 
If Kurt Russell Santa had an eye patch, I would have been like, "This is the uh, best thing ever." Yeah, yeah. See, I'm imagining it's it's like, well, you had a fifty percent chance. <laughs> if you pick left, we could have gone for a while. If you pick right, you're gonna have to start getting jolly right. <laughs> but yeah, so anyways, they scare Santa as they pop up at him. He wrecks the sleigh. Reindeer go off. Um, they kind of have a adventure through the city and trying to find, you know, um, the reindeer and get the sleigh back up and running. And Santa actually, he ends up in jail and Kurt Russell sings. I mean, if, had I known how much I loved that scene, I would have asked for that. Like, uh, show me uh, for this Christmas. I want Kurt Russell dressed as Santa Claus in jail doing a musical number be great <laughs> so you, i'll i'll just for a fun sake you convinced me yeah no they have cute little uh the little computer generated elves are cute they speak elvish and um goldie Hawn is in the movie which i thought was kind of cool is she mrs claus she is oh you know adorable what did you watch um, I saw they're getting a Cowboy Bebop live action series coming to Netflix, okay. adapting the famous anime. I feel like Netflix is like anime heavy right now. They are. Yeah, yeah it is. They, they stole it from some who somebody else had all the anime. I think it was Hulu, maybe, and now uh, hmm. Netflix is taking over. But this is the series. Uh, it has kind of a Firefly feel to it. I've said it's it's my favorite anime of all time. Um, if you're if you have any interest in anime, this would be where I would tell you to start. Um, it's it's bounty hunters, you know, working for low rent uh, bounties and just trying to survive out in the lawless edges of space. Uh, hmm. This has been in the works for about a year, but now it's finally officially been announced by Netflix. And the original director, uh, Shinichiro Watanabe, is a consultant, so he's he's working on it. And the first episode was written by Chris Yost, who is a comic book writer and wrote co-wrote Thor Ragnarok. So it's got uh, some some names behind it. There was another one there too. Is it? It's called Neon Genesis Evangelion. Oh, or something. Yeah, that's supposed to be very that's popular. Another one of the, the classics. Yeah, yeah that's going to be on Netflix. So. I, mean, I, they, I guess it's hard to find to watch is the thing, and now uh, they're going to have it all in there. Okay. So that's the big deal. It's not like they're redoing something. They're just putting it on there as far as I can tell. So people are excited to be able to watch it. Yeah, Cowboy Bebop has some of the nicest, sleekest animation of all time and also one of the best soundtracks. It, it, the, what, what it does with music is incredible. So I've never watched it. The one that... I actually, because I just have never been into anime other than like Akira, and I, I uh, started watching some uh, Initial D. It's like uh, the racing. Oh, cars. the racing! Yeah, yeah, I like I, I like that kind of stuff. So I was like, okay, I'll watch some racing cars. In my brief anime phase, yeah. I remember watching that. One. So so far, so good. I watched a couple episodes. It's pretty good. I was checking to see if I need to buy that car for the car shelf in there. <laughs> What else you got streaming? Uh, did we ever really finish our Hill House discussion? Not really. I don't know. I don't think. I don't think you had wa- you'd finished it. Yeah, at that it's time. not very Christmassy. But the Haunting of Hill House. This was. It's probably the biggest thing on Netflix that ever everyone I knew was talking about. Right of the all season, all at least. Yeah. yeah. I went back and watched after I was done with it. I found somebody had posted all the um, 
like 48 hidden ghosts and went back and watched all the little clips where they pointed them out. It was pretty neat. Yeah. I remember watching when I noticing them as I was watching it and, and it freaked me out a couple times. Like one where that girl looks downstairs and there's one behind the ladder. Yeah. That I was like, Oh, just like, and she doesn't say it like, Freak me out. Yeah. yeah, some of them weren't necessarily hidden. They were like standing, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> standing in the middle of the room. But, you but just there were so some that like, whoa! Yeah, I didn't you see get, that. You get fixated on looking at the car- the main the set, characters. Yeah, what's happening? So you just mm-hmm. sometimes you just don't want, look in the background. But I just yeah, starting this, you know, hearing all the buzz about it, like okay, I, it's not my cup of tea. I'm not a big horror right, fan. Either, yeah. And as it started, it had all those familiar kind of ghost story beats. Oh, they're just thumping on the walls. Oh, the the handle of the door jiggles, and it's like <laughs> that's the same stuff we've seen over and over again. And I don't like the supernatural kind of stories. And I, I realized this when I watched it, the remake, where I prefer a movie where the villain has a a, a set goal. You know, Jaws is going to eat you. The alien is going to hunt you down and kill you. Like a, a ghost or something like like Pennywise, they're just messing with you, mm-hmm. and they're thumping and scaring you, and it's like, well then, what? You know, the characters run to the next room, like, oh, we're safe. It's like that's a ghost. If it really wanted <laughs> to get you, it could just go through the wall. Right. So the, the leaps of logic it normally takes in a ghost movie usually take me out of it. So that was my the hill I had to get over, the haunted hill I had to get yeah. over in this house. Uh, no, but as you go on, without spoiling it, all that stuff you see from a different angle, and it recontextualizes it, and it, ooh, it all makes sense later. So all the things that I rolled my eyes out a little bit at the beginning, by the end, I was like, oh, you did it! And so I, it just <laughs> it it just wraps up into a real nice package. And I said, beautiful to look at. Like the, yeah, I said, you you just stare. At the characters, or maybe you stare at the background, like it just all the all the 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 cinematography and everything is just is cool with all the weird statues and gargoyles and just yeah. very gothic look to it. So I said, for not being my favorite genre, it, it definitely it, it definitely worked for me. Yeah, I totally agree. And plus, and the standout episodes are five and six, where you have, have uh, five, the whole bent neck lady thing, and then uh, six is got a, lot, a long take. Thing, just the choreography of that whole, the way they did that, and the lighting, and I watched the behind the scenes thing of how they did. It was just like, of course, it's way more involved and difficult than they make it look when you're watching it. But just, I love that stuff. Yeah, there were a couple of big jump scares, but they really earned them. Mm-hmm. Both of them that you you would remember yes. immediately are oh, yeah. so well done. And yes, that episode of all the long takes, it's at a funeral home. Yeah, and the camera just stays with people and then mm-hmm. just kind of slowly and then there's in a moment there's somebody standing yeah you're like oh were they there the whole time like yeah. it just it freaks you out so deeply because you're so invested in these characters and the drama between them mm-hmm. you're not necessarily ready for a ghost to pop out and scare you right. so I know I just I, I really I I don't I don't go many places on the internet, so I bring up the AV Club all the time. But I, I really like their reviews. I think they're they're smart pop culture analysts on on par with mm. us. I believe almost <laughs> yeah. almost with us. I specifically never read AV Club because I because I feel like okay, I'm not going to get that. I know you always do, <laughs> so I'm like I'll get that take from Jordan. You know, 
Because I, 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 I have no takes of my own. I no, that's not what I mean. I just, I just mean I, I feel like I just look elsewhere because I know I, that's a very respected. We, well, yeah, place. we, we, and we tend I'm to get mine from garbage places. If I can. Well, we tend to look at things where we do agree with certain opinions. You know, right? Yeah, but I, feel, they nailed, they, they hit the nail on the head so perfectly with this. I'll just quote the review: Too many horror stories in any medium are crafted to frighten the audience, not the characters. Making the audience jump is easy. Done lazily, it's cheap. Making the characters confront the unreality of what they insist is real, true, and solid is where real horror blossoms. Destabilizing their world destabilizes the audience's world, too, and it takes a master craftsman to do it right. So I feel that's every cheap horror movie. Every setup and shot is done to lull the audience and scare the audience and... yeah, it's it. You should do it to the characters. Like, mm. if the characters are scared, we'll be scared for them, and that's when you're really drawn in and invested. So, I, I've, I, you know, I'm sure some people who only like horror for the gore and the the ultra extreme horror fans didn't like all the character stuff and family stuff and boring, you yeah. know, uh, past traumas and all this stuff. But I feel I feel like dredging all that stuff up made the horror better because you cared what happened to these people. They weren't just the cookie-cutter slasher victims. You were really invested in their lives, and watching them freak out and unravel and question everything they were seeing just was so much more effective mm-hmm. to me. I just... I, I just... I can't say enough about it. Especially, yeah. as I said, not... I, I'm not... You know, a, a master... Uh, yeah, I, I don't watch everything horror-wise, but this one right. stuck so far ahead... And above of most of what I've seen, I just yeah. I was glad this is easily something I w- would never have considered watching it. Luckily, I'd heard the buzz and knew it was a standout thing to watch. And the casting's great. Like that, that cast is great. A lot of people I didn't know who they were, uh, except for uh, what's what's her name? I believe that Gojina, Carla Gojina. Yeah, but so. yeah. So I I like this. How well this is done. So much. I watched two of Mike Flanagan's other movies. Both on Netflix at the moment. Gerald's Game, which we've talked about before, yep. was the Stephen King adaptation starring a Mrs. Gugino. <laughs> and also had Henry Thomas and Kate Siegel, who were in Hill yep. House, so he uses the kind of the same people. I liked it. Um, I didn't. The ending was weird. Yeah. It takes a weird supernatural slant that I didn't like. And then it slants back where, oh, maybe it wasn't supernatural. Uh, then I liked it even less. <laughs> so, I, but I, I thought it was really well done. Yeah, it was fine. Story. It was yeah. fine, but yeah, it's got that, that terrible moment. And like you said, there's a moment of uh, say violence or, or gr- gr- grotesquerie that's it's bad. It's real it's, bad. It's very bad. <laughs> it's very bad. Don't watch it. <laughs> but then I also watched Hush. Um, yeah, I've never seen that. This was the one. It was uh, Kate Siegel's first movie that's his wife yes he married her and yeah she played uh theo in hill house Mm -hmm. so they've been so since hush that she's been involved like co-producer she co-wrote this movie i said they they came up with it they were on a date and they come up with this idea of a deaf woman uh, a home invasion against a deaf woman basically and how she would defend herself well that's the the they had that movie a couple years ago where they broke in to the guy's house that was blind. Oh, that was the same Raimi movie, yeah. Yeah, it was good. But who else can we... Let's quick, quick, what other senses? We could make our own movie. <laughs> I can't 
smell anything. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Is something burning? I don't I know. I can see and hear you, but I don't smell you. <laughs> Steal everything. <laughs> But again, you, know, you click on Netflix, the image is a woman at her laptop, and behind her is a guy in a creepy mask looking in the window. And it's like, the movies like The Strangers, or all, there's so many movies, that, mm. all those. That's, I I, that's not my that. kind right. of movie. Nope. But again, I'm like, this guy's impressed me, so I want to give it a chance. And it was it was good. It, it's along those lines more. Um, it telegraphs a few things really early that you see you're going to come back. Huh. It's like, oh, that, that thing's really loud when you push it. You know, it's like it's like you know at some point that's yeah. going to come back in the thing. Right. Um, but she was she was really excellent uh, in the film. And oh, my only other problem was I I, I found myself kind of home aloneing this movie if I can mm. use that as a verb because <laughs> like she runs up into the second floor and sees him down like throw a brick on his head or like she's hiding under the the uh, the porch. Right. I was like stick your knife through his boot and I'm like I'm imagining ways <laughs> right. to like use home objects to defend and the movie kind of devolves into that she starts doing right. things like that so yeah she she wet bandits the place yeah, filthy animals <laughs> but at the moment they are in post production on Doctor Sleep which is the sequel yeah. to The Shining that is coming out in 2020 about an adult Danny Torrance yeah I know a girl read that book she didn't convince me it was worth reading. And they also just had their second child and named it Theodora Isabel Irene Flanagan, or Theo for short. <laughs> they just had a baby and named it after her character, which is kind of adorable. That's cool. I saw they were uh, they're making uh, that the one of his newest books, Stephen King's book, The Outsider, or I think that's what it is, The Outsider. But this girl that, that reads S. everything has that it. is S. E. Hinton, I believe. Huh? <laughs> anyway, one she, for all the lit majors out there. Uh, and uh, anyway, she, this girl I knew had read it, so it was really good. But anyway, they're making one with um, can't remember the guy's name. Ben Mendenhall is that his name or Mendelssohn? That's Mendelsohn. his Mendelssohn. Anyway, yeah, they're making a a movie or series. I, I can't remember, but I like him, and supposedly the book's good. I'm waiting for paperback, but I want to read it. Anything else streaming? Then let's do some TV. Oh, the Lord. What the hell is a sticky maple? Run, very run. That's what I do. I drink and I know things. Go get him, Supergirl. Well, what this guy look like, anyway? Oh, he's a little guy, kind of funny looking. Uh-huh. In what way? Oh, just in a general kind of way. Exterminate. Little pig, little pig. Let me in. These violent delights have violent ends. That's what she said. Go ahead. Get it all out of your system. <laughs> oh, we got lots of stuff. Uh, I caught up on Supergirl. Yeah. Finally. Cool. I got Supergirl notes. Hit me. And, you know, I forgot what a good show it was. <laughs> like, I watched a, um, I don't know, like, Maybe six episodes, all in one day, and I—I I mean, I really highly enjoyed it. I've got six episodes worth of notes here. Oh, so that awesome! Must be where we stopped. yeah, it must be. <laughs> uh, what we've been fighting, Captain Liberty this yes. season. Yes, is he from the comics at all? Have you not have any I memory re- of him? I, yeah, I, I wasn't a character I was familiar with, but the big overtone, you know, being um, aliens. Uh, and and this movement of 
of people wanting them out of their country, off their planet. Saying Earth first. Yes. Just thinly veiled. They call yeah yeah very thinly. They call them roaches. Yes, um, as a slang, and uh, they're taking our jobs, invading our country. Mm-hmm. But I have a problem with this because using aliens to stand for racism mm-hmm. and xenophobia, I would totally be anti-alien if aliens showed up. <laughs> I hate aliens. Aliens are awful. We we can't trust these roaches. <laughs> Wow. I, I'm I'm not I am the least racist person you've uh, ever met. <laughs> but aliens are terrible. You're Agent Liberty. <laughs> Why would you trust an alien? <laughs> also, when artificial intelligence oh robots to too it, robots are the only thing worse than aliens. <laughs> I know that's why I brought it up. I, that's why like I, I like, can't what, wait till the robots take over and. I was the only one rooting for Will Smith and iRobot, who was just at the beginning of the movie when he's like, ah, these stupid robots. You tell him, Will Smith. (laughs) Yeah, we had Xander Berkeley was on there for an episode. uh, uh, What, Terminator 2? He was the dad in Terminator 2 and was on Walking Dead. As the the father laid off from the steel mill, you know, loses the job, right. and he's what radicalizes he's on this heat. guy. He's what? Heat? <laughs> he's yeah. an unsung. We should do Alexander Berkeley one job. <laughs> but the big, first couple episodes were weird because they released kryptonite in the atmosphere, and yeah. Kara had to put a suit on. She's in that suit, to and I feel like it was just, she her. she needed some days off or something. I thought the same thing. I was like, is she it, like yeah. in, filming something else? I was, I'm wondering, was it like filming the crossover, yeah. the Elseworlds mm-hmm. things? They needed her somewhere else because there were like two episodes she was barely in. Yeah, all you would get would be a close up uh, Iron Man style of her yeah, face yeah. in the in the mask. Yeah, it was very strange. But we've uh, we had Nth Metal has kind of put the steel industry yeah. out of business. Uh, <coughs> kid want to stuff Bebo at the fair. We've, we've worked yeah. in a Bebo reference from Legends. Uh, we had Tia Sarkar. I know. Showed up and then got fridged. I know. I was very very sad. She was killed off to inspire Manchester Black, who is the new. Yeah. What do you think of Manchester? I I like. He has a very Idris Elba vibe. He does. He has he has that good like. Cockney British mm-hmm. accent, uh, and that's one of my favorite Superman issues of all time. Mm-hmm. The one he is in with, with the Elite is like yeah. the yeah. the high, yeah, the the more modern, extreme superheroes right. who say Superman's old fashioned, and Superman has to show them you know, true justice in the American way is not old fashioned. So, I like that character, and I, I like what they've done with him on here. Uh, I found it funny that episode because <laughs> uh, they've been working with Brainiac, and so they find out. Something's gonna happen. Uh, they're releasing this kryptonite in right. the air, and it's 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 somewhere in a crowd. <laughs> and there's food, like they, there's some like smell of food, and they have to deduce where it could be. And Brainiac figures out it's at the fair. Yeah, I think that took like a supercomputer to figure right. out where crowds and food are. And someone goes, "Nice work, Brainiac." <laughs> I was like, that could have been done sarcastically. Like, nice work, Brainiac. <laughs> like, I read that as both ways, either straight or sarcastic. I don't like him walking around without the makeup. Without the makeup, yeah, just looking like a normal guy. Like oh, indis- yeah, I don't care for that. He's kind of yeah. He's he's replaced Win, and he's just kind of yeah a lesser Win a little bit. But John has become more of a detective, mm-hmm. wearing the fedora. Yeah, the, and they even had the hat. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, um, yeah. So he's he's he took like a vow of nonviolence, more right, or less, right. to honor his father, right? <clears throat> and um, I, I, you know, I, I kind of miss him in action a little bit. I mean, he's still he's still there, present, and still kind of comes around, has a part to yeah, play. But they've definitely sidelined him. Yeah, yeah. And then the government has sent a military uh, officer into the DEA because the the former president has was discovered to be an alien, Linda Carter. Right. So they had to kick her out. Bring in Tron. And bring in Tron. <laughs> so we have President Tron now. And he's much more, we got to keep an eye on and make sure the DEO is doing its job to protect us from these aliens. And their biggest asset is an alien. Well, not till this last episode. But yeah, well, and I, another great moment. They, uh, they, they, uh, they've been dropping leaflets over the city to recruit people mm-hmm. to this thing. And she reads it. And the text on the, on the, on the, the pamphlet is we must resist the alien scourge. This is a manifesto. And she puts the paper down and says, This, this is a manifesto! manifesto. <laughs> I laughed so hard at that. I was like, whoever wrote the script didn't look at the you know, set design yeah. where they actually had that written out. This is a manifesto. Oh, that cracked me up. Yeah, there's there's it has those silly little moments, but then <laughs> they when they get me is like, you know, we're we gotta find you know, this Agent Liberty group or Children of Liberty and they're doing some things that seem kind of smart. You know, they have alien sniffing dogs. Yeah, they're patrolling. Um, they're they're marking homes as they the dogs um, detect an alien. They mark that home with a, an agent where they can only see it out of their own masks. Those gold masks they were. I was like, well, that's you know interesting. And they've tried to make the argument two-sided of like yeah. you know these aliens can we trust them that kind of thing it's mm. obvious who we're supposed to be yeah, we know them. yeah but the last couple episodes uh, seven was directed by chad Lowe, hmm and episode eight was directed by kevin smith who came back yeah. to, and i didn't see anything there was no cameos or anything right special that would make you notice that if you didn't see the name in the credits but we basically ended where we set up the elseworlds crossover yeah, with bunker hill was uh, the name of that episode yeah, right? liberty got arrested and kara wouldn't reveal her identity yeah, to the DEO. To the DEO. So that puts us, yeah, wherever that ends is where Elseworlds is going to start very soon. And then they had the very end of that episode was the big uh, Elseworlds beginning, basically. Right. We see uh, John yeah. Wesley's ship in the flash of <clears throat> velvet. Yeah, the we velvet see flash costume. The velvet, uh, much like the table. <laughs> no, you, we get this trashed, scorched earth. And you see all these heroes from these different DC shows. We, I didn't. I didn't pick up all of them. There yeah, I'm sure, there were a few I didn't. We, there was, you know, there was like Hawkman and Hawkwoman. There was um, Green Arrow from from Smallville was was laying there. You can't see his face, but you recognize the costume. I did uh, not. The the Ray's helmet is is sitting along there. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of them um, that have been defeated, and we see, you know. The classic 1990 Flash and uh, confronting the Monitor and and he chooses to run away and we get that classic 90s like <laughs> run towards you <laughs> the little lightning bolt 
comes at your face. So but yeah, this is the Monitor, the villain from the famous Crisis on Infinite right. Earths from the eighties. We're bringing him into the modern day, and I, I've liked all these crossovers. That we yeah, probably have played by the time you hear this, but I, I'm looking forward to mm-hmm. the big CW crossover. Yeah, three three night crossover. So the only thing I'm I'm a little upset about is um, this year there's no legends in the crossover. Yeah, so that was very. I didn't. I assume that was because they didn't know if Legends was still going to be around. <laughs> That's why I'm wondering if there'll be any kind of cameo or reference mm-hmm. to where they are or anything. Who knows? But yeah, Flash led into it as well. Had the exact same stinger at the end mm-hmm. of its its last episode. Uh, episode 7, we got more about Cicada's origin and learned about his daughter that he's been taking care of. And they brought in the, the Weather Wizard's daughter, who is the Weather Witch. <laughs> and then the next episode was the hundredth episode of the series of the series, and it was directed by Tom Cavanaugh. They let the guy who plays Wells direct the episodes. Well, I think he's done a few of those. He, he's just—it's just one more role on the show. Did you see this one? No, but it was go ahead. fun. It kind of jumps. I didn't even know it was the hundredth episode until mm-hmm. I saw it later. But they have to, <laughs> which they use the phrase "time hack," which I feel like is not a reference to uh, what's that. That silly movie with the uh, dino- Hitler riding a dinosaur and the oh, Jesse screaming at the, mm-hmm. at the at the microphone right now. I can't remember the name of it. <laughs> but they have the pe- Nintendo Power Glove. We got yeah. we got to hack time. Yeah. So yeah, Fly has to hack time, and they they go back in Bill and Ted because they need a weapon that will stop Cicada, but they can't mm-hmm. get too close to him. So they basically do the Bill and Ted thing where they drop a trash can. Leave a trash can here. Yeah. It's going <laughs> to fall down. Leave Dad's keys Set here. We can get, yeah. Yeah. So, and they have to go back to the night of the, the explosion from the mm-hmm. first episode. They go back to the night. They, they, they defeat uh, Thawne. Yeah. They go back to the night. They defeat the uh, several of the other villains. So it's, it's a trip down memory lane through time. But it, it ended as the exact same... Last minute as Supergirl did with, with Earth hmm. 90. So, again, both of those are ready for so Elseworlds. Yeah. yeah. You got Legends. Y'all caught up on Legends? I can't find it. Oh, yes. We had two more of those. Mm-hmm. We went to Paris in the 20s. Mm-hmm. Met Ernest Hemingway, the Fitzgerald, Salvador Dali. Yeah, so this was a to- another Tom Wilson heavy episode. Yes, our favorite. And uh, you know, Citizen Steals—he's playing Citizen Steel's father—and uh, they decide to bring him on a miss- miss- mission to show him what how the what the team really does on a Legends mission. And apparently, he is obsessed with Hemingway. Yeah. It's his hero. <laughs> But he also likes James Taylor because he can yeah. he can serenade he can, a Minotaur. That's right. <laughs> yeah, it's just it, it's just more legends, you know, re- ridiculous episode after ridiculous episode. Yeah. But I love them all. And the next one was New Orleans in 1856. We had a doll mm-hmm. voiced by Paul Rubens. Yep, cameo. Um, creepy little doll. We had a Chucky situation. They called. Yeah. Ray grew a mustache for no reason. <laughs> I thought that was going to factor into the plot at some yeah, point. Nope. Like, hey guys, I grew a mustache. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we got a little more of the John Constantine's backstory, uh, the deal he made to save his soul, mm-hmm. and the, the demon Neron he he made a bargain with. So we got a little more of his tragic backstory. Yeah, this season's been very Constantine heavy, which mm-hmm. I, you know, assumed it would be. 
especially you know all the villains are magical creatures they're trying to collect and and right the ship on the timeline but um <clears throat> i don't know i didn't i the nbc series constantine i wasn't a huge i don't think i even finished it wasn't a huge fan of but i really like him as part of the team even though you know a very non-traditional you know he's always been a loner type thing character and and the setting they fish him out i mean they feel him out well enough and put him in situations the, the only thing that really bothers me is that whole is, is the fake amaya character i just can't get on board is with she that. really british i don't know because the accent doesn't sound good but i yeah. don't know if that's a real british accent or she's is, is mm. off but yeah we went back and and changed a fixed point in time to help uh john's emotions right and we've basically broken the timeline at the end of this episode, which yeah. that leads into the mid-season finale. We'll be on again shortly yeah. by the time you hear this. But so yeah, I, I've heard, I read something about the mid-season finale is going to be a little bonkers, even more so than normal. So <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. And what, what what do you like? I mean, do you like this new character, the little, the young girl who feeds the captive? Magical? No, I, f- I feel like it's two Garys. I do too. Like Gary's enough. Yeah. In short bursts, and then like we've he, added a female he, Gary. Yeah, he annoys me anyways. Yeah. And then I just can't figure out where they're trying to go with this, and this Wolfman guy character that she's apparently fallen yeah. in love with. And that was, that was I'm weird. like, where is this going? <laughs> <laughs> of course, I said, said the same thing about Bebo last year. Right. AMC has officially uh, greenlit a fourth season of Preacher. Hmm. Uh, it ended last year on kind of a cliffhanger. Uh, things had gone crazy bonkers, and uh, Hairstar had was leading an army after Jesse Custer, the Preacher, and no one knew if the show was going to continue or not. So we're getting a fourth one in early 2019. Uh, so at least they're going to be able to wrap up what they started. Were you enjoying it? Uh, well enough. I, it's it's not the best thing on TV, but it's kept me interested. There's every there, every episode. There's something I roll my eyes at, but then there's something that's like, oh, that was a cool way to do mm. that. Speaking of rolling my eyes, we had the mid season finale of Walking Dead. We haven't talked about that for a while. We talked about the premiere, and then we haven't talked about it since. Right. Any thoughts? Anybody watching it? I went on there and made sure that it doesn't record it anymore. <laughs> so no protest vote, right? Yeah, I, I I'm sure at some point I'll go Love back. the comic, and, comic's still good, and and revisit, you know, from where I left off. But for now, I kind of moved on. So talk about it. Uh, well, we were building a bridge to connect the communities, and if that's not a metaphor, I don't know what <laughs> that, it is. That's pretty good. <laughs> So they were doing a whole thing. We did the time jump. I was really... You know, I go back and listen. I remember saying, guys, it's good again. Yeah. That yeah. lasted about an episode and a half. Yeah. And then it became sort of the same thing. Yeah. They had this whole thing that every life counts now. Every you know, We have to preserve life even if they commit a crime or they're dangerous. We can't just go around killing people, which is you know, we have to do to get society going. <laughs> it's fantasy. Um, but it became a, point, a sticking point with Daryl and Maggie who are like, yeah, well... You know, Negan killed Glenn. He killed the man I love. Anybody who kills someone you love, we take care of. And mm-hmm. you're telling me to have mercy against Negan. 
So I was like, wow, that's good drama. That's, mm-hmm. that's, mm-hmm. that's Rick with one point of view and characters not quite just following him to do whatever. So that was an interesting point. And then, as I'm sure everyone heard, uh, they were writing Andrew Lincoln off the show. So in the fifth episode of this season, we had Rick falling off his horse. He got impaled by a piece of rebar. And then we had flashbacks to the hospital bed in the first episode. He talked in his delirium. He talked to Shane and Herschel. And, yeah, we brought back the actors, the actual actors. It was the last thing. Uh, Scott Glenn. Scott Glenn, is that his name? I don't think so, but no, I know you're talking about Yes, Glenn, yeah. Glenn Scott. No, Michael Scott. Who? Yeah, it was Michael Herschel. Scott. Yeah, it was Herschel. Um, and then <laughs> he talked to Sasha, because I, I I don't know why they ever had a connection, but oh, okay. they had that actress available. <laughs> there were other people. Mm. He, he could have talked to you know, Carl or his wife, but I oh, guess they, they weren't available. Um, And we learn why the bat was named Lucille. Hmm. Why was Which, it? Which, if you've read the comic, Here's Negan, they also reveal that. Yeah, Lucy was the name. That. Lucy was the name of his wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we get we start to humanize Negan a little bit as he sits in his cell. Um, but they just, just did that in the comic so long ago. It's like yeah, wow, they're finally yeah. getting to that. But it just it has all the same problems it's always had. Where I don't know where things are in relation to each other. Like, oh, we've got to go to Hilltop. It's like, is that a day's journey? Is it 75 miles away? Yeah. I have no idea. I have no idea who's living where, what allegiances everyone has with everyone, who's dating who. Like, they're just, there's so many characters, I can just yeah. never track that. And you'll be characters you don't see for four episodes, and you're expected to, to just jump that right That is kind of like in. the comic, though. Yeah, very I feel much the so, same yeah. way. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know how far apart these places are, or know the difference between any of them. So the trash lady who's been seeing this helicopter oh, for several God, the episodes. Trash people are back. Just one trash person, singular. Foster. Oh, um, yeah. So she, there's something <laughs> weird going on. She's been talking to someone on a walkie-talkie, and they're asking her for an A or a B, and we don't know what that means. Ooh. But she's been trading people to these people with a helicopter, and the people are either an A or a B. Mm. So. Rick is dying. There's a horde of zombies right behind him. Now, this is where I'm going to catch up. This is where I turned. I was at lunch at work. I turned it on, and this is the part right where I turned it on. So. So they had hyped Rick Grimes' final episode since the beginning of the season. And instead of dying, he gets on a helicopter with the garbage lady and flies the garbage copter up, up, and away. (laughs) And she takes him, and she says, he's a bee. Which we don't know what that yeah. means yet. I didn't even remember them saying that. I just turned it off and I was like, when I get home, I'm deleting this <laughs> off of my DVR. Never and then, of course, anymore. on Talking Dead afterwards, they announce we're going to expand and make Rick Grimes movies. So yeah. they're making standalone movies of just Rick Grimes. It makes no sense if he's alive why he wouldn't try to get back to his daughter or his friends. I can't imagine what the plots will be of these movies or how far away they will have taken him where he can't ever go back. But I don't know. But that, yeah, that was the fifth episode. You think that would be you know, building toward the finale. But yeah. that then we still had several after that. We did another time jump. We had baby Judith is now like eight years old wearing a cowboy hat. She's a sharpshooter. <laughs> wow. And again, I was like, that's so cool and oh. so dumb. Yeah. But I, like, equal. I like the moving forward thing. Yeah. Uh, C. Thomas Howell showed up out of nowhere. I was so hyped. 
Red Dawn more like it. One job. See <laughs> Thomas have. No, it's going to be soulmate. <laughs> Cliff, I need you're the designer. <laughs> oh, I know. I've got a way better chance. You got Robert. <laughs> Robert from Red Dawn. Um, so, so we have three more episodes and no one had seen Maggie. Lauren Cohen also left the show. Right. They made no deal about it whatsoever. Really? They made one line. Oh, Maggie! You know, they're in the midst of the time jump. Oh, Maggie's living in that other community. Let's do all this stuff. So she left the show with no fanfare whatsoever. Hmm. And as fans are wont to do, they were complaining about that. And they had to come out again on Talking Dead. And Hardwick read the official statement from Angela Kang and Scott Gimple and said, Maggie's last episode this season was 9.05, but it isn't the end of Maggie's story. We love Lauren Cohn and hope to have her back on the big program and or beyond, and we have built the story to service that. Yeah, she's not coming back. So the actress wanted out, but they didn't want to kill her off for saying anything definite, so she's living on a farm somewhere else. <laughs> oh, up north where she yeah. can run free. Yep. I know how that works. But the, went back to is, her home by the way, plan. this is way better than watching the show. I want full recaps <laughs> like this all the time. I'll tell you everything C. Thomas Howell does. Yes. The oh. mid-season finale dropped 35% from season 8's mid-season finale. Only drawing 5.1 million viewers. An all-time low for any of their mid-season finales. Uh, it jumped up 6% from the episode before that. People at least wanted to see how it ended a little mm. bit more. But it and it's still the most watched show on cable and the second highest rated yeah, drama. I was going to say that's still for nowadays. That's not yeah. bad on enough. all television. It's the second highest rated drama, but it's still the ratings are still plummeting pretty precipitously. What's C. Thomas Howell do? What's he on this? He was in like one scene, and he he was just that's a so part weird. of another group, and he came out and was like, "Hey guys, we're going to go over this way, okay?" I was like, "I'm with C. Thomas Howell yeah. with me." Yeah, and he was like, "Wolverines." <laughs> <laughs> I heard that they're fi- they're finally are getting to the whispers. Yes, we had the whispers show up. Um, yeah, they they kind of deked and said, "Oh, the walkers are evolving." We heard walkers yeah. saying, "Get them, follow them." Like we heard weird yeah. whispers. And then, well, I'll spoil it. Uh, the they unmask one of them and find out it's a person wearing walker skin. Mm-hmm. To be safe, because have they you know drenched themselves in guts before? We know that works. You can mask yourself from a walker, but there's a whole group of people now who wear the skins and just walk around with them, yeah, living as if they're. That undead. just makes me itch. That's ever since they did that in the comics a few years ago. I was just like, man, it just sounds itchy. <laughs> <laughs> and there was a. It ended really strong. There was a great scene in a cemetery where the walkers are coming in from all sides. It was. They were pumping in mist. It was old craggly tombstones. It was a really neat-looking scene. And uh, Jesus is poking all the walkers with his sword, and they're fighting. And he goes to get one, and the walker ducks and stabs him. Mm. Which we've never seen a walker act yeah. like that before. So obviously it was a whisper. So Jesus was killed off in the mid-season finale. Oh, really? Wow. Who has still been alive in the comics for a lot of times. There's been a little bit of... The actor said... Did he stab him, like, r- right here? Just like Up in the ribcage area. That's what yeah. happens to Jesus. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> Why hast thou forsaken Jesus? <laughs> uh, I guess there's been some talk that the actor said if you weren't going to use him more, he, he wouldn't mind being written off. But I don't know if that's just internet mm. chatter and drama. But mm. he didn't seem to be real happy in his work. But 
Again, so, oh, and uh, Negan, uh, they forgot to lock his cell one night, and he just walked out of prison, so <laughs> Negan's on the loose. Wow. And that's where we leave it till wow. 2019. Yeehaw. Hmm. Cool. Anything else? Uh, yeah, uh, we had Adam Ruins Everything back for a third season on True TV. <laughs> I've never watched this. The first episode, we ruined guns. Had a pretty, actually, a pretty good gun control debate of both sides. You know, it mm-hmm. was, it was, right. It did a good job arguing from both sides, which it's very rare to see on TV. Right. Second episode, ruined sleep. Mm. Really took the task. These slime balls who sell mattresses. I, I've heard, of, <laughs> I've heard of these guys. You gotta, they're worse than car sales. <laughs> what was their argument? What was? Uh, well, just kind of. How could they possibly defend themselves? <laughs> <laughs> well, it said like you know, back in the old days, you could stuff anything in a mattress. They filled it with garbage and pet yeah, hair and right. stuff, and that's why you had to put you the tags. You don't want to know what's in my. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> you had to put the tags on them. Do not remove under penalty of law to show what was actually in the mattress. Oh yeah, that I wonder what that those were for. And then it said basically all the stuff. Basically, the mattresses are all the same. You know, Serta sells the exact same mattress under this brand name, uh, and the, you know, I, I'm sure someone else could speak a little more to that. But <laughs> and all the things like a used car sales. Oh, we got the XO coil spring. You know, the, just yeah. all the bells and whistles that don't really mean anything. But well, 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 <laughs> you don't say, mm. Cap- <laughs> Captain Ron. Forgive me. <laughs> <laughs> Cool, but yeah, I I I like that show a lot. It it it's silly, but it it, it makes. Yeah, I watched about a few episodes yeah. of it. Yeah, and I watched a really good documentary on Showtime. Speaking of our sports, I'll career. rub that in. Yeah, yeah he likes to bring that up. Showtime's mm-hmm. grown on me, guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's called Shut Up and Dribble, which is a name oh, taken boy. from a pretty oh, famous, what that is. pretty famous pundit Ugh. who didn't I like. Can't. She's like my least favorite person. Anywhere, anywhere. Yeah, uh, I think of one person worse. <laughs> yeah, but there's a TV pundit who didn't like all these uppity basketball stars talking politics, right? And told them in no uncertain terms they should shut up and dribble. So this was a three-part documentary about the history of the NBA, basically. And I'm not. I, I, I there's been periods I've watched basketball, but I'm not a huge basketball fan. But I found it really fascinating. And it's just a good reminder, you know, the NBA specifically, it's always been political. Everything's political. Mm. Yeah. Everything is always political. Right. Comic books. I hate when they bring politics into it. They've always been political. Right. Everything is always political. Yeah. That's the title. You may just not have ever noticed it (laughs) because you don't pay attention, but it is. So it basically starts, you know, back in the 50s with Oscar Robertson and Bill Russell and these guys who came out and just played better than everyone else. And they're like, well, that, that's not how you play basketball. <laughs> You're supposed to stand there and pass it. Right. You're not supposed to like, you know, weave in and out and 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 school everyone. Look at that kid dribbling. Yeah. <laughs> right, the nerve. So, so it was basically saying these guys had to stand up for themselves, like you know Jackie Robinson or any of these things, and they basically changed the game. And then uh, track Lou Alcindor before he became Kareem Abdul-Jabbar uh, in the 1968 Olympics. He was like a college kid. 
and that was the famous Olympics with the Black Power salute, mm-hmm. and there was talk of uh, boycotting the Olympics because of all the racial unrest. Uh, talk about African Americans boycotting the Olympics, and it was people just sticking microphones in this kid's face. What do you think? What speak for your community? And he's it's it's Lou Alcindor was like 19 years old, right. and he had to put the put that all on his back and like speak for an entire community as a kid with you know, having the opportunity to play in the Olympics or fight for racial equality like that. No one should be put in that position. Yeah. And it was amazing to watch some of this archival footage, you know, knowing where we have gone yeah. from history. And then it tracks the, 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 the eighties, uh, magic Johnson, Larry bird rivalry. Yeah. And saying at one point, the NBA was almost getting too black they were interviewing, they interviewed some dude from like Wisconsin with a big plaid coat. He's like, well, you know, I don't mind it, but I'd like to have someone I can root for. You know, it's like, oh, it's like, ugh. So basically saying, you know, Larry Bird as the, the hick kid. Yeah. Uh, you know, the from hick Indiana. From, Kent, from French yeah. Lick. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So he was, they called the Great White Hope. So we had, you know, the left coast, Magic Johnson, flashy, and the east coast, Larry Bird. As you know, a mixing of cultures, and yeah. when in the eighties, when the NBA really flourished and ratings were way up because everyone had someone they could root for, and right into Michael Jordan, who took everything to a whole new level. But something I completely forgotten about: there was, a, you know, this Michael Jordan had endorsement deals with everyone. You know, Nike was the mm-hmm. big one, but he Hanes underwear, Gatorade, everything, McDonald's. everything, McDonald's, and they're showing those old commercials mm-hmm. of you know nothing but net and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But there was a huge uh, Senate race in North Carolina with Jesse Helms, the super racist, mm. you know, uh, incumbent guy who'd been there forever. And there was a young African-American guy running. And they went to Michael Jordan and said, you know, if you endorse him from the home, his home state in North Carolina, you might push him over the top. You have such power. And his famous quote was, Republicans buy shoes, too. So by not being political, Michael Jordan was being super political. Right. By not making a stand, he was saying where he stood. And it was, you know, not super critical of the choice, but it asked, you know, should he have done something different or should we expect athletes to do this? And it just, it follows all that stuff. And it, I, I, I loved it a lot. It did the, the, uh, Mahmoud Abdul Raouf, the guy yep. who, who sat down for the national anthem yeah. mm-hmm. a decade ago yep. and his career was ruined by it. Yep. Uh, Alan Iverson came out with tattoos and cornrows, and it was like, what about the children? And like, you know, he lived and how basketball became more, you know, hip hop influenced mm-hmm. and how people freaked out about that for no real, real good yeah. reason. Uh, so yeah, I, I just remembering all this stuff. And when you're, at, I would at, love that. Yeah. In the time it happens, in the, <laughs> you should sign up for it. In the time it happens, it's just news. But looking at it as history, it's, it's such yeah. radical politics. Just going like, on. can you imagine what this is going to look like? <laughs> in freaking a few years, everybody's going to look like crazy people. <laughs> so yes, everything that happens in entertainment, sports, art—it's all political. Everyone has a point of view they're trying to get across, and and it's especially true for minorities because anything they do is representing. Their, their yeah. people, their culture as well. You know, it's not always that way for, for the majority. Right. You can just do a thing and that's a thing. But there are a lot of 
races, creeds, color, sexuality, that when they do something, it has to be representative and they have to do it better than everyone or, or, or simpler than everyone and not make any waves. So it's, I, as I said, it's, that's, we've been talking about comic books for years now of why are they so political? They've always been political. But again, we're introducing more minority characters. And when you have a Muslim Ms. Marvel, everything she does, well, how do the Muslims feel about this? It just takes on an yeah, amplified like, view of it. She can't just be what does this character do. Yeah. It's, so, right. again, I, I, I'm not a big basketball fan, but I, I found the whole thing fascinating. And if, if you can find it anywhere or right. hack Showtime somehow, <laughs> yeah, I definitely luck recommend that. They're tight as a drum. <laughs> <laughs> you got to have like 10 emails. Get in there. <laughs> At least. That sounds good. That sounds yep. really good. That was a busy couple weeks. I think we have a title, a title for this Oh, episode. there's a pretty obvious title. <laughs> Forgive us, Captain Ron. <laughs> <laughs> so, thank you for listening once again to Capal Pop Culture Podcast. We hope you have a very Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. They're coming up real soon. Spend time with your family. Watch a lot of TV. Stream a Kurt Russell movie. <laughs> hey, well, while we're talking about it, you know, it's funny because every time, the, what, three or four years ago, back when we did the So Pro podcast, we one of our first podcasts, we did that three or four hour uh, Christmas tournament deal we did with all the Christmas movies. So Pro, Ho, 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 Holiday Debate. That would be the one. And every year I see... There's a few downloads of that old that old episode. It's good. We did a good job. It was one of the first things we ever did, but that is one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah, last good episode. <laughs> Still in the archives. You can check it out. Play yeah. it on Christmas morning while you're opening your presents. That's right. What else would you do then? Yeah. Oh my god. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. My name is Jordan Lowe. I'm Cliff Barnes. I'm Seth. Bye forever. Kapow! The Pop Culture Podcast is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Sounds, music, and clips played during the podcast are property of copyright holders. All original content is property of www.udownwithkpp.com.